0: Hey, this is Michael Lemery. Thanks for tuning into the Slow Baja. This podcast is powered by Tequila Fortaleza, handmade in small batches and hands down my favorite tequila. Sitting here, Slow Baja podcasting with Scott Tuffer and Hayden Roberts in Santa Paula on a rainy day. And we're just going to talk about bikes and Baja and desert sleds and wherever this goes. So it sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys making an effort to get together on a rainy day with uh, these crazy life events that are going on right now. Coronavirus, everybody hunkering down. We're drinking tea and sitting in separate rooms. Yeah. Joy's out picking up tacos for us and we're just uh, going to talk for a bit. Yeah, it's a great time for radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great time for radio. Great time <laughs> for right? S- Settle in <laughs> at, uh... well, as we become socially distant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Hey, so let's talk about um, – I ran into you guys uh, at the um, Baja, the Mexican Nora Mexican 500. 500. Do they call it the Mexican 500? ran into you guys at the Nora Baja 500, and you guys were on – I think the only things that were older than my
1: old Land Cruiser. Yeah, we are both on what, mid-60s mid, mid 60s bikes, Triumph. I was on a Triumph, Scott was on a BSA. Um, yeah, the poor BSA. 67 and a 68, as I recall, was that right? Somewhere around there, yeah, I yeah. forget
2: now. I think the Hornets a 67. I yeah. think that's what we, it's sort of a Hornet, sort of a Spitfire.
1: Yeah, the vintage bikes that get so broken, it's just kind of a constant replacement. You know, I don't know what year it is anymore, but it's a Triumph still. Well, it looks old, which I think is important. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the
0: suspension is old. Yeah. And you guys are not that old. Um, and it just amazed me. Uh, I just looked past a sea of you know, new stuff that's not interesting to me at all, other than Michelle Bush standing behind her husband on that like whatever <laughs> their deal is. That's just, I love it. But that just seems crazy to have your wife standing behind you on a bike. I, I did two-up with my wife on my old uh, BMW Perry Dakar when we were just dating. And I thought, wow, this is terrible. I,
1: I did two-up with Joy to Ohio on the back of a BMW and she not never gone on the back of a bike again.
2: I mean, it's, as funny as it is, they're like the coolest couple in the world. And we're, you know, never think that they'd be terribly fast because how could you go fast two-up on a dirt bike? And they passed me like I was standing still. <laughs> it was it was a feat i mean yeah. you know I'm saying like you ride with michelle's waving to you yeah, all, yeah, yeah she waves at us
1: and she's screaming yeah no, you and can she, hear that voice like that yeah yeah. yeah 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 three dunes away yeah she tells so us oh,
2: we, oh we're gonna let you guys pass us so that we can see you ride and they didn't i mean they maybe saw me ride for a quarter of a corner and then just shot
0: rocks at me it was great i love them yeah no it's funny a minute in we're talking about the craziness of Michelle standing on the back of the bike and her enthusiasm and her it's voice. It's just to be seen. The whole yeah. thing is just so wonderful, which I think gets me to the next point about just Baja and people who go to Baja to do things. I mean, Baja is
2: special. It's funny because it's so close and it's so accessible. I mean, if you live in the Southwest, but even anywhere in the United States, it's very easy to get to Baja yet. I don't understand why there's like a threshold or a, a sort of.
1: Yeah, we were saying we did the Mint last week in Vegas, and we could have been in and Sonata in exactly the same amount of time. Yeah, and, and uh, made it more of an adventure. Yeah, it's it's a special
2: place. I mean, it, it's and it's funny because it really is. I mean, it's California as we know it, just without all the people, and it's just a different it's a different world. But I mean, it it attracts it attracts people that are one notch away from like the, if you'd say like the mainstream or whatever it is, the normal, like I live in the suburbs. So, you know, there's, there's people that love their suburban life and keep it simple. And then there's the people that are one notch removed from that. And they love Mexico. And like, so my neighbors, like you just know them, you know, people that when you meet them, you're like, yeah, you're a Baja person because you just, you know, like getting away.
1: Yeah. I've never been down there. I mean, the first time I ever I lived in California now, Southern California, for 20 years and coming over from England. And I'd never been to Mexico until I did the uh, the 1000, the first one. That was your first time? That was the first time in Mexico. What year was that? That was 2015. Yeah, I think yeah. So it so was 2016, again on a triumph. And um, a few of us went and, and tried it. And never in New Mexico, I'd never been to Mexico. And I got stranded down in. Uh, Santa Maria, I don't know, where Red San Santa San, San, I don't know, somewhere, yeah. I can't pronounce, uh, bike broke, um, and I got stranded next to a village for about 22 hours or something out of like radio contact, slept next to the bike, woke up three in the morning, somebody put a blanket on me, um, and you know, left me a little plate of, uh, <laughs> or something, uh, got up in the morning, the whole freaking village had turned out. I had more breakfast than I could eat. I think they found me about twelve hours after this, and I was in a in a school teaching an English class to the local like kids, and they were feeding me like cartons of milk. It was, it was pretty good. Down there.
2: <laughs> I love Mexico.
0: So I, I think again, the reputation that that uh, Mexico struggles with is just it's dangerous, and the people are you know cartels and you're going to be hanging from a light post before you know it but here you are broken down now had you had any other vehicle besides a british bike you probably would have had a local that would have offered you a way to fix it or something oh for sure yeah yeah um (laughs) but but that you know somebody brought you a blanket somebody brought you food and you know before you're out of there you're in the local schoolhouse teaching is kind of a a real comment on what the real baha is like Uh, and I think that's a thing that's, uh, what half of my draw to that place is The people, they live with less life is harder. Mm -hmm. They're friendly. You know, they're not inside air conditioning, watching a flat screen. They take Uh, care of each other. They do take care of each other because you know, they need to.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I went to college in San Diego and so I had, uh, Mexican roommates and I mean, you get to hang out with Abuelita and she would make you tacos and she, we would have these great park visits and all these things. And I, you know, that was my, my first like real, like authentic introduction to it, you know, to the culture. And it's like the sweetest thing in the world. And Baja, we went to Baja a few times in the early two thousands and it was great. Like the college dropped you off. You went and partied and college picked you up and brought you back. And then that kind of went away over the last, you know, the last few years. But you know my, my stance on a lot of places is if you're looking for trouble, it's pretty easy to find. You know, so in Baja is no different than that. But if you really get into, you know, the day to day lives of people and their families, like they're all the sweetest people. And just like here, if you saw someone stranded, actually maybe even more so in Mexico, if you see someone stranded, people help. <laughs> and it's very easy yeah, to, to mean, pass by. Yeah, I mean, you had nightmares here. about
1: the police and stuff down there, which is why I always kind of just stayed away from riding bikes down there. The first guy to come over was a cop. And he's like, well, I've got whatever it was. He's like, you're welcome to take whatever parts off here, um, finish the race. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problems down there with them. Yeah. So uh, thinking back on the, the your mention of the police, uh, Baja XL, I'm in my old Land Cruiser. We've got a, we, we're on the very end, hour 15 of a 16-hour day, you know, got lost out in the middle of the night driving around. We're on a paper map with headlamps, you know. And we finally found the, the town that we were supposed to be in. And we had a hotel, which was awesome after being in a Land Cruiser for the whole day. Uh, so we weren't camping with the rest of the group, but we couldn't find the hotel. And so at 3 o'clock in the morning, there's a police officer. And after we circled his police station for the third time, he walked out and waved to us. And we pulled in. And like, you know, you don't really want to talk to a cop at three o'clock in the morning in a little town after you've been driving, you know, forever and you're just thrashed. But we told him the name of the hotel and he got in his car and we followed him and we're down this dirt road and all this. And I thought, oh, no, now we're going to get robbed, you know, and shot up yeah. at the end of the – your mind goes to these Definitely been there, yeah, yeah. And the cop pulls up and it's this – it's this little hotel, beautifully done, architecturally significant hotel, and it's on a river which feeds into the ocean, and people go there basically for whale watching, so it's remote oh, wow. from the actual town. It's out, you know, a couple mm-hmm. miles out in, out on a dirt road, and the cop went in and woke up. We thought he was the... Uh, security guard, turns out it's the owner who's been sleeping at his desk waiting for us to arrive. (laughs) Now it's three something in the morning and the cop's waking him up and he shows us to our room and you know we had a double fortaleza hit the hay and that same owner is up four hours later making us breakfast like it's nothing, like hey guys, hey and thanks for sending these other racers to my hotel and sending me some business, he couldn't have been nicer. Yeah,
1: same thing and I'm sorry I'm terrible with names of villages, and Scott probably knows about me when the first of the thousand we got The first night, got in late. It was a late start. And same thing, no hotel. We was planning on sleeping in a dirt lot. And uh, same thing, a a policeman came over and was like, hey, I know a guy who's got a guest house. Do you want to use it? Took us around the corner. And I remember he took us to this back room and he looked like a 1980s, like Laura Ashley catalog. In this, <laughs> you never see so many floral prints. In it's, a it's the nicest thing. And the guy goes, goes up in the morning. I think he, there was three of us. It was a whole house. I think he charged us 40 bucks or something for the night and breakfast. And he, you know, he wouldn't, didn't even want to take that. I think we just had it in our pockets, but yeah.
2: Yeah, the propensity for people to be, you know, sweet is is actually pretty incredible. I mean, we're, we're often, it's easy for, for us to, you know, default to scared. I don't want to do that, you know? And so just to like take a step into something that's a little uncomfortable, I think it goes a long way. And you realize that it's, it's a very open culture, especially, I mean, especially Baja, like everyone's just, you know, it's beautiful. Like you said, they, they live on less and they're happy with what they have. And they're sweet when you come in and, you know, it's, being respectful goes a long way, you know, on both sides. And I think it's it, it's created a really sweet atmosphere for racers when we go down there because it's high fives and yeah. jokes with kids. And if you can speak a little bit of Spanish, like it's always good for a laugh. and Yeah, yeah, you throw you a few know.
1: stickers in your pockets. And, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, the stickers thing's incredible. <laughs> yeah,
2: the sticker thing's big. It's I the, love the stickers. The stick yeah. thing is big. I was that kid. You know, I went into surf shops. I went into motorcycle stores begging for mm-hmm. stickers, you know. Probably store stole a couple stickers off of jackets, and yeah, you can you know, leave off day stickers as a in Baja. Baja.
1: Like you fill pockets full of stickers; it's as good as dollars. Yeah, it's really stark to see you.
0: It. Yeah, it's the best. Well, let me uh, back up a little bit and say, uh, how do you two know each other, and how did you come to um, devoting your life to these old British bikes? and do and you refer to them as tell me how you refer to these bikes so desert sleds British bikes what's your what's your shorthand for what you do
1: yeah I think that the ones for I mean they're all old British bikes triumph spirit says mainly but yeah they're all what everybody's calling them desert sleds they're just old what was a dirt bike in the 60s um you know pre pre um Japanese Hondas you know big bores that kind of thing just open twin Desert bikes, really to strip down. It It's a stripped down version of the road bike. You take the lights off, throw a longer shock on, and a set of, you know, motocross tires and a big, comfy seat, and you've got a dirt bike.
0: And a skid plate.
1: And a skid, it's definitely a skid plate, yeah. Yeah, a skid plate, especially in uh, Baja. And high yeah.
0: pipes, I'm assuming at some point somebody made higher pipes for these things at and got them off. At some
1: point, of- yeah. I mean, yeah. A bit of bit of ground clearance. It was really a California thing. They're a very like gentlemanly British bike. What you think of like the classic Triumph Bonneville? Um, you don't think of a dirt bike, but it got to California and quickly realized that they work real well, um, and they're pretty bulletproof. So, so we're Excuse
0: looking me. at the uh, we're looking at the bike in your living room. So let's mm-hmm. talk about what number sixteen is here in your living room, Hayden.
1: So number sixteen is a nineteen. 60 Triumph um, TR6, which is just a um, single carb version of the Bonneville, Uh, and it's it belonged to a guy called Buck Smith, who was kind of one of the top guys of the time, won a couple of national championships, and I just found it in a barn down this down in uh, Beverly Hills of all places, Uh, and it's just not been touched since I think '65, but yeah, it's got every trick in the book on it. Like if you could make it work. It's the equivalent of a works bike from 1960. It's got every little modification from rake in the end. What dealership did that bike come from? This was from Johnson Motors, which was the, uh, the import of all Triumphs to the, to the West Coast uh, up until they closed, you know, from, from the inception, really. Uh, and, yeah, so that – I just kind of make copies of that with a few little, you know, modern um, conveniences, electronic ignition – uh, being, being one of the, the biggest kind of upgrades and, and the new carbs and that kind of thing. But ultimately, it looks very much like a bike that would be raced. The one I, I, I take to bar all the time looks very much like a bike that'd be raced in 65, 66.
2: Yeah, and when, you know, to answer the other part of your question, because, I mean, Hayden's really the expert on the, the bikes and I've pretty much learned anything and everything about these from him. We I think we met on our trip to Japan,
1: yeah, again, we, for old bikes.
2: Yeah, with old bikes, you know, this is, what, 2012, 13. 12, 13, something like that. Yeah, we went to, we got invited, um, or we actually, we kind of put together a big group of friends to go to Japan and race on, like, a vet motocross track. And I brought an old, like, I think a first-year Evo Sportster with 15-inch rear shocks and stock front end and race on a motocross track, which... Didn't fare well, um, to say, <laughs> to say the least, yeah, no, I, I did really, effort. I you did really great. well in practice until yeah. we raced. And as Hayden can attest, I don't do well in races because I'm more competitive than skilled. And <laughs> so, but right I right had, there. I had pictures of Hayden racing on the triumph and I'd, I'd owned an old BSA, never really got too far into it, um, but then after we got back from Japan, I'd been getting more into flat track and I bought my first flat track bike from Hayden. Um, I think that it was either the, my, the day after Christmas or something, maybe the that following year. Yeah, I treated myself. Yeah, I was, I'm really good at that. You can ask my wife. I'm great at treating myself to <laughs> motorcycles. In, in lieu of end of tax
0: write off, baby, I got yeah, some yeah, tax write offs. Yeah, too much money. you
2: know, yeah. Working in the motorcycle industry, yeah, the I, I definitely have written off a couple props, and so I got into, you know, so Hayden and I kind of got into that, and um, I think when we became we became better friends when he started coming up and hanging out with Joy, who's a mutual friend, and now Hayden's wife, and Joy kind of just, you know. Brought us together in like a more of a hanging out thing because Hayden moved out from uh, Los Angeles and I, Joy and I lived down the street from each other at and the you time. You in
0: Ventura, right? In Ventura, yeah. And we're in Santa Paula, we're
2: right? We're in Santa now, Paula which is now. Like yeah, 20, which miles, is,
1: twenty miles from Ventura. Yeah, twenty probably? miles from
2: Ventura. Yeah, quick farm road ride, which is how I got here today. And
1: yeah, in the citrus orchards, it's all um like Sunkies country, I think. Yeah, um, it's pretty. It's all agriculture. It's pretty neat around here. You got the mountains ten minutes away. And this right. is a neat little back road to uh to go and play, in.
2: so yeah, so I mean over the past few years you know hayden's been Hayden's been building these bikes for himself for a long time, and you know he and I have a mutual friend and old dealership guru mechanic um named John that we had both worked with kind of separately, and then now we you know kind of build and work on these things together and I think I went, our group of friends that went down and did Baja the first time for the 1000, uh, for the Nora 1000, I drove chase and took pictures and kind of got the bug. I was like, okay, I get what you guys are doing on this. And slowly I've been doing less flat tracking and trying to chase Hayden around in the desert and the riverbeds out here. So,
1: yeah, there's nothing more fun than, um, that's the good thing about one of these. It's almost like a, a vintage dual sport. There's nothing you really can't do on them. Uh, you know, little file trails and stuff up in the mountains is the perfect bike for you. And so they, they just suit Baja so well that the vintage class would be real. You know, if you could get 15 guys in that vintage class on all British bikes, it'd be a hell of a sight.
2: Yeah, and people give us a – it's funny because you get high fives and odd looks and, like you know, the, the off, quote, you're crazy comment. Yeah, and you're just like it's really not. Yeah, it's really it's, not that crazy. Like, granted, you're gonna to have to replace your fork seals, and you're gonna to have to grease a few things, and you know it's gonna hurt a little. But I mean, there's. I mean, that's how we did is, it.
1: Yeah, is on a vintage bike. You have the challenge of kind of extending you and the and the machinery without having to do the parry that collar. You have to get to such an extreme now to break a modern bike. You know, really back a bit. Like I don't want to go and you know get catch you down in Libya or whatever the hell they're racing through, but you take like a vintage bike down to buy. It's the same challenge. You know what I mean? But you ain't having to do that.
2: And you're keeping it running. I mean, that's the thing Like, you really do have to listen to your bike and you have to know how to, how to do, I mean, I mean minor fit. you break something big, you break it. There's only so much you can do, but just like anything, but with like little stuff, like you got to pay attention to the bike. You got to be nice to it. And then when you know you can get away with it, like you have to know your motorcycle. You don't just, turn it on and that give course it, down, give it down there I
1: just riding by I guess free riding with the same it changes so much but there's so much um you know down by the beach there it's such fun to ride on through those ranch trails but the perfect bike for that um really that, that's a good thing about Baja, it's not technical it's kind of fast um you know a little bit sandy but on a vintage bike yeah it's hard but it's makeable and you feel like you would completed something after yeah um That's the one thing going for him. You do that on a new KTM, you're like, well Cool. You know, there was no (laughs) there's no chance I wasn't gonna make it. Yeah.
2: I mean that's yeah, you end up I think even with a modern bike, you can almost exceed your talent by pushing that. I mean if you had a brand new KTM five hundred, I mean I'm not a terribly good rider. You know, just in general. But you you put me on a brand new bike with double the suspension, half the weight, and three times the horsepower, like I could hurt myself in a big way and like, you know, I guess I still hurt myself on the triumph a little bit, but it's, you know, the bike's a big equalizer yeah. and if I can keep it running, like I tore my airbox off in Nevada recently and I could tell that the bike was running weird. So I stopped and fixed it, you know, and otherwise you wouldn't even know that. So it, it's an equalizer for sure.
0: I think I feel a little bit like that in my old land cruiser. And part of the, part of the approach of painting slow Baja on the side is setting my own expectations as much as the expectations of others. Yeah, but you know that the vehicle that I have was the tool of choice 50 years ago for what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and so I'm not doing anything new. I'm just haven't evolved the way that all the others have evolved. And I think there is something special about having to listen to your machine a little bit and not push things. And I feel a bit like you. Uh, maybe I don't want to get over my head in my skills. You know, I like, I'm enjoying the, uh, the event. I'm enjoying the camaraderie. I'm enjoying the challenge of it all. But I'm not sure I have the skills. Frankly, if somebody stuck me in a trophy truck, I might ball it up very quickly.
2: And don't get me wrong. If someone would let me ball up a trophy truck, I wouldn't mind. (laughs) I wouldn't mind taking a class in real off-road, long travel racing, you know, but at the same time, I think, yeah, there's something, there's something special and maybe it's, maybe it's, too much of a romantic notion to get hung on sometimes but yeah. in earnest like I, i've i've been down to baja now a handful of times with a bike and i i love going down there well that's a very it's, set it's, the
1: expectations for you like the slow baja thing before we left i had a uh, slow Paul rodriguez painted on the gas tank the biker up for that same reason you know you got to keep it within your limits i just you know well, the finish really, line is the, the challenge. Yeah, to, to 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 just finish it on the vintage bike is that's that's the win. There's no use going down there and screaming along and blowing up motors because you can. You know, if you want to go balls out, you, you know, there's hundreds of miles of it that you that you can. But uh, you got to have a bit of mechanical sympathy. You know, you got to um, you, you got to both make it. Uh, that's that's that for me is the challenge of the, of the vintage class. You know, well, I think
0: it would be an interesting experiment to get uh, three or four of your friends together on old bikes and uh, three or four old scouts, land cruisers, land rovers, what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure we need the – I hate to say this, folks at NORA. I'm not sure that we need the entire organization of NORA around us, but maybe we just need three or four days I in a think couple locations, good beds and a few bottles of tequila and uh, find our tacos as we go.
1: I think that's a much better way of doing it. Um, you know – you kind of get your own pace at your own speed and just have a little, uh, rally ride around there kind of on your own time. Is, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. And I mean, not to, not to take away from the organization, cause I don't think that's, that's the point we're making, but there's, there's a little, you know, with the way things are right now in the racing community, there's not as much sympathy for the old stuff. And it's, they're happy to have a vintage class as long as you can keep up. And sometimes, Maybe that's not the message that the vintage class that you want to give to vintage riders, and not necessarily the guidelines and the parameters that the vintage guys want to hang out in. So, you know, maybe there's I mean, we've had these conversations. Yeah, you look at all like
1: Bruce Brown pictures of the in the sixties, and in the fishing village to fishing village, and on, on the pubs right. and you know they got the old truck in the back. End. That, to me, is the way to do it. Or even seeing, like, you know, Ed's dad. Was it Mike Perman? Yeah, Pullman, Mike's. Yeah. Running that Probably. in the early... Um, in the 60s, like, in that Land Cruiser. Right. To, on the, you know, that, to me, looks like the the way to do it. Um, that looks It's a lot more civilised. It looks a lot more fun. You know, you're out in the middle of a sandstorm and a couple of guys bob past in a Land Cruiser, drinking tequila asking directions. You're like, that's what we should be doing. Right.
2: And, <laughs> you know, and I think... I, I love racing because, I mean, even though I, I I don't win or whatever, I think I love racing and I love that competitive piece of it. But at the same time, going to do one race or two races a year should not be the the only time we're spending time in Baja. I mean, like you're saying, like those adventures and like just getting a handful of mm-hmm. people out there and just – Going and cruising and doing the fishing villages and trying to catch your own dinner and failing at it and then you just yeah. go buy tacos instead. Like I'm just super. I'm just super did. down for that. Oh,
1: like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when I got stranded, me and my buddy um, Eric, he drove me back up and he has a place in like the Bay of Conception, and just we we hold there for a couple of days after and just went out. I got stung by stingrays and you know I didn't catch crap. but um, I'm, gonna credit, I'm gonna credit. I'm gonna credit that
2: stingray with blooming your enjoys romance in a big way. Maybe, maybe. I think that stingray, I saw it. That stingray that stingray was a was a helper.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I helped I you out. I helped I lie you out. down and
0: wait for the pain to go away.
1: So. You know, I, I we, well what happened was I blew a mower up somewhere on the beach in the Bay of LA. Yeah. yeah Bay of LA, yeah. And um I was changing the motor up on the beach and just covered in grime and oil. And Joy's like, you're gonna have a go have a swim. I was like, no I'll get stung. Guaranteed, I don't know <laughs> what I'll get bin by a shark or or something. Shuffling, uh, that's what I'm told. Feet. Yeah, you didn't learn that in England. You got to shuffle, uh, your shuffle. Feet. Well, I was shuffling, shuffling all around, <laughs> and uh, not getting stung. I was fine. Then Joy takes a flying leap, hammers me. I step back, strand a stingray. Oh, so I'm sitting the on the beach, yeah with a (laughs) sit of boiling water you know it's not so bad you know just like a little foot massage you you gotta pee on it for a bit you know uh, uh, pee on it that's what I'm told break down well and
2: in our in our group of whatever there were probably 15 of us from the LA area down there and Joy was in earnest, probably the only nurturing character in that entire. Yeah, group. yeah, yeah So yeah. Hayden had the good fortune of <laughs> Hayden was the first to get injured and the most lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and when he got stranded, I mean, Joy was the one calling the weatherman and calling the radios, like trying to figure out where it was. Being like, the, rest part of of the rest race. of the like, race, fine. We got to fix the other bikes. He'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Maybe if we're you're good. just cruising around together, you ain't stranded anyway. You got you got a few guys here, right? You, you know.
2: You make us race and all of a sudden it's like Yeah we're leaving each other in the dust or whatever, like Hayden yeah. and I got we'd get separated and then find each other on during the five hundred it's, it's
1: just much more fun to, to on these, you know it's just an accomplishment to get down there and do that little tour. You know, you don't need a, a you don't need a three dollar trophy.
2: It, sure. But I do I'm 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 super I'm super glad I have a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's
0: it's funny you mention that. I've never gotten a trophy in my entire life. Little League and all that stuff. You grow up. We grew up in another era where not, you know, everybody didn't get a a gold star next to their name or a trophy and what have you. And uh, years into the La Carrera obsession, uh, I finally, I I came on as a navigator to help a guy in a 53 Lincoln who had run the race a couple of times and had crashed out or blown up and had not gotten across the line. And God dang it, he desperately wanted to get a trophy and so the organizer the US director of the race said I know you can help this guy get in and just do it so I did it we crashed we didn't have any damage to the car but we got back by the end of the race there were only three cars in our class but son of a gun in Mexico the timing or whatever got screwed up and on the final night the big night we're all dressed up we're in Zacatecas we're at the huge fiesta at the at the hotel in the bull ring and they called another team's name for third place Oh, Tom, my driver almost started crying and I stayed, (laughs) I stayed with the timers until three o'clock in the morning and I had the Fortaleza tequila sponsorship and I'm sliding the bottles and this, I said, you just, you got to get me that trophy back. Well, they've already left for the hotel. They've got, you know, how can we give you the trophy back? The trophy for me has become being there that I have Mm -hmm. a beautiful wife and three loving children and I can go do these adventures in Mexico and survive them. And yeah. and live with some pain, like you you guys riding your motorcycles, you get uh, there's there's a toll on your body. Driving that old Land Cruiser, I mean, you feel yeah. it for weeks afterwards. Your back hurts. Your this hurts. The neck pinched. This you know, arm problems, whatever.
1: You often hear, oh, you know, it was the, still the trophy like trophy is that, yeah, yeah. You hear, you hear that for sure. Oh, you know, back in the back in the Baja, still he's back in the whatever you want to do. It is still nineteen sixty eight down there. You know, you can go and launch the bike from Ensenada to to La Paz and no one gives a shit where you are. It's the best one Um, down that way. Like, it's still kind of lawless in a lot of parts, but not, like, unsafe. It's just there's there's no one there. (laughs) Yeah, and so I I
0: interviewed a guy uh, that I met through the Baja XL, Pete Springer. He's been going to Baja since 1960, maybe? 79 years old. He won the 1973 uh, Baja 1000, which was the year that they... You know, they stopped the race. At the, you know, Nora and Score Score mm. hadn't come in. Nora had left. Okay. But there was the last race, and he won it that year, a navigator and a land cruiser. So we became friends. And I asked him, What, what does Baja mean to you? And he says, It's just freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom from people telling you what you can and can't do. Yeah, you can. Joy's you can back, lost, smiling Joy's back. at her. She's, she's got tacos. tacos. She's got a she's got a grin on her face and a beautiful
1: barber jacket. <laughs> Joy. Joy just
2: happened to miss our our little love session, telling her yeah, how yeah, great yeah. you were. Me? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. where's the uh, taco shop affected by coronavirus?
3: No, no coronavirus
2: activity at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I mean Baja is just the the first time I went down there. Actually, was on a a sort of photo shoot sort of thing where we were camping and taking pictures and hanging out. And of course we got skunked on waves, but we got to ride a little bit. And I was just like, you know, I guess that was my first riding experience in Baja. And I was like, you know, this place is pretty wild, like pretty cool. And no one, no one really cares that you're there. You're just kind of doing your own thing. Just don't be
1: a dick. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Just be a normal, like just just have a good
2: time and, and be respectful. You know, if, you don't blast, you know, there's like little houses on farm ranches. Like maybe you don't blast them with dust. You open it up when you're out of town a little bit there's and, you know, just room, do yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah, there's room for everything. And to go race the along flavors. the
1: beach and, you know, gonna get to do that stuff. You, yeah. You, that, there's no beach racing in California Is the, like, proper beach racing. No. Um, no, they don't let you do that anymore. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's just a different world down there. I, I really enjoy um, – I've never been to the mainland, so I can't really speak to that. But, yeah, the further south you get, the more fun it is as well. You know, you get a, bit, you get a few hours outside of Ensenada. Um, yeah, it really opens up down there. And, you know, even though I remember mean, riding down, was it the 500 last time, I remember being lost in the middle of like a sand wash uh, somewhere. Looking, <laughs> looking for Scott, I'd double back three times, no, no navigation, no clue where it was. And a guy rode up on a horse. Wait, <laughs> and now let's start there.
0: And a guy rode up on a horse. A guy yeah. rode up on a
1: horse, and I followed him he took me back down to the um, to these guys at the checkpoint. Wait, I'm looking for my friend Scott. Have you <laughs> yeah. seen him? The
0: last time yeah. I saw him, he was going over yeah. his handlebars and leaving his wallet yeah. behind.
2: Basically, yeah. yeah.
1: No, when I that's. I'm of um, when I look, when I look in Spanish, but I was just like, "Oh, the guy, one of these." And he, yeah,
2: yeah, follow me. Took off after the horse. And that's funny because speaking of that, when we got separated on the 500, I mean, it was day one, you know, we made it through all the beach stuff and then we're crossing over. And that was just this whole thing where, you know, there's a fork in the sand and only one of us has a GPS working at that moment. And we're like, uh, we're uh," separated. So then Hayden's talking to a cowboy and I'm riding up to like high ground looking for like a dust trail and I was like that's I mean you're <laughs> it's kind of it's odd but it, it, yeah you just like transport it in time and like no I have a cell phone that doesn't work right now I have a GPS that's useless because I'm you're looking for my friend worried, though, you, you know,
1: know? you never that wo- I was never no. worried about
2: You're just, I mean, you're not going to, it's not like you're stuck in traffic somewhere and someone's going to clean you out. Like, no, you're just out in the wilderness and you just got to keep riding for another 10 or 20 minutes and then you'll
0: link back up because the trail just leads to the same place eventually. Yeah. And you've got to use your wits and your brain to figure it out. And I think the interesting thing about, you know, my experience, La Carrera, I was out by myself a lot, hundred something cars from around the world. I never saw them. Because I was the slowest guy, right? And the, that was hidden in my experience. <laughs> we weren't
2: staring at each other; we yeah. were, we so were how,
0: lost. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know how many vehicles were in your, how many bikes were in your class, or how many bikes were in the the, the bike group total. But I'm sure they rode off and left you guys. Oh, oh yeah, you, you were
1: stranded back rapidly. there. Rapidly,
0: so they start off, you know, every minute or something, and they're gone, way gone. And the two of you are doing your own thing, and go then somewhere behind you guys is, I guess, where we were in the safari thing. But I was all the way at the end of that, that uh, um, pack mule and you know you just think well you know if we get lost you can always just sort of uh, look at the sun and figure out which direction and I, my rule in Baja is just look for the most uh, current tire tracks and just try and figure that that out but yeah, it I mean, must be a little different when you're jiggling your eyeballs out on the bikes
1: it's a funny thing I mean and and you don't have two cases of tequila with you you don't have two cases of tequila case it gets bad. <laughs> yeah. it's bad it's Dusty as hell, uh, especially we you know the night, the night time, and it's proper dark. And it's like country dark. There's no town lights in the distance. It, it is, is pitch pinky, black, black, um, scary dark. And we was going up some back track because you know you, you got to get back to town. Uh, see, this I just all the benefits now of a, a land rover that you can just pitch up on the side. And not have to do that again.
2: <laughs> yeah, we could go do that. Because we oh, went just through the like, oh, uh,
1: middle of the night. And I guess we went through, you know, okay, we got, we got into town. We did the same part of the course the next day. And the uh, truck, uh, <laughs> truck driver says, you did that last night quicker in the dark." And I was like, "No, we didn't do that section in the dark." He's like, "No, you did. That was the exact same section." I was like, "No, this was all like cliff edges, you know, you'd, you'd ride off into the you know, <laughs> oblivion." He's like, "Same section, middle of the night when you can only see three foot in front of you, you ain't really for at the cliff edge." Yeah,
2: that's one thing with the vintage bikes. If you, you know, if there's a, if we could get a little bit more lighting out of that charging <laughs> system. I'd be thankful because that was, I'll say, and that's that's another great part of Baja when you're out there and there's no town. Hey, Cody, Cody's dumping the floor. We, um, we're running late essentially, you know, off-road race quote late in terms of timing and Hayden and I probably had 80 miles to go out of 250 for the day and the sun's going down and I kid you not, that was probably the most beautiful sunset, the most beautiful sunset we could have ever hoped for that we didn't look at. And you know, the sun went down. The sky turned this really. As a photographer, rich... that
1: was I could. He was uh, a. Oh, yeah. he, he had a camera with him, and it never came out the bag.
2: I never. T- I didn't take any pictures after contingency. You know, and that's you know, not kidding. We were riding, and the sky went purple. And I was like, I if this was it. any yeah. other situation, You'd I would just stop. stop and I'd take a bunch of photos. I'd say, hey, Ra- Hayden, hey, ride past right here. We're gonna get this great picture. No, we're racing, and so we're going. The lights getting just dark, just to We're stop and some lights. of
1: them spots, just to spend an hour in them, you know. But you're blasting oh, yeah. through, you're like crack this a beer, be a great spot to have. yeah,
2: yeah, just soak it in. And that's, I think, you know, that's the difference between the race and the and the adventure. And you know, we well, the good thing about the, like the race like is
1: it shows you places that you're like, I'm gonna come back and see that pine forest. Well, you yeah, know, we definitely uh, saved
2: those race uh, maps uh, for sure because yeah. are spots. I mean, that's but to Hayden's point, that was crazy. We did. I think about seventy miles of that first day for the five hundred in pitch black it with is. our crummy
0: little lights. Yeah, it is so dark. It's dark. And my my truck doesn't have lights, so I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, I can see six feet in front of me and I am scared to death of everything that's <laughs> yeah. out of that, and everything's out of that rattling way. and
2: there's a And rock you're on a course an made
1: animal. you're on a course made for a trophy truck. You're on a course made for
2: an hour. We're just slowly sinking into the sand <laughs> yeah. as we're moving
0: forward, yeah.
2: Or
1: at least a course made by a trophy track, because you can tell when they've been through, right. you know, it's like dinosaurs have rampaged through the damn thing.
0: And the Baja 1000 had been, what, a couple weeks before, a week before? Because there's the still markers. The four, there was, yeah. yeah, there were still markers on the road, which was screwed us up a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. To, yeah, to
0: yeah. see these other arrows for when the Baja
2: mm-hmm. 1000
0: and the, and the Nora...
1: That was a hell of a task. Yeah, that was like you said. That. that was
2: amazing. But we got, I mean, the the chase guys caught us. I can't remember if one of, I might have crashed or something happened, but the chase guys caught us and they were, you know, this was this is vintage racing and I love it. The chase guys show up in this beautiful truck and they're like, "Are you guys okay?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're fine." And they're like, "Okay, well, do you want to keep riding?" And we're like, "Yeah, well, the bikes are still running, so let's keep going." And they're like, "All right, we'll hang back if you need us. We're back here." And they just let us go and like, look, like the course is done. Like the day is over. It's just you guys out here in the middle of the dark. So they're going to keep everything set up for you. And when you show up, they will turn the lights on at the arch, you know, the, the blow right. up arch thing. And so we did get to the yeah,
1: move it on. Yeah, yeah, we did. And we,
2: it was hilarious, but we, we did that. And like Hayden said, we did that section in pitch black faster than we did in the daytime the next day. But pure delirium, like you just – I think we spent 14 hours on the bike.
1: It was too much.
2: Off-road, yeah. you know, and just having a real hard time navigating. You know, we were trading off leading depending on whose phone had more juice to run navigation. And, you know, it was –
1: That's the problem that when you have somewhere it. to be in like Like, you know, I would – Yeah,
2: any other situation, we'd just be hanging out. Yeah, Like, yeah. I'll just start a fire. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know.
0: Start a, a fire. Pull out that sleeping bag. Open yeah. a bottle of tequila. Yeah,
1: wake
2: up when the, after got after up? the sun goes yeah. and just do the spots we
1: rode through. It, like, yeah, that was the problem. You just want to you want to stop a lot. That trip should have took two weeks, not oh man, not twenty eight hours.
0: Yeah, that definitely. It's a problem with our modern, modern life so we don't have the two weeks to devote to these proper activities. No, riding vintage bikes and driving vintage vehicles through Baja. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that uh, goals. Hashtag goals,
2: goals, yeah, goals, yeah. and
1: I think it's, it's about time. Uh, yeah, it's not that. It's not that bad. It's really not that expensive. I mean, I'm no, like, and that's the nice uh, thing yeah.
2: about going to Baja. It's not like you're going to Paris and you're spending twenty seven dollars plus per you know small yeah. meal. Like you can go down to. I mean, it's not cheap like it used to be cheap. But you can still go down there and enjoy yourself, and you know go out to a nice dinner and not break the bank and a nice dinner is just hanging out with a family run restaurant, you know? And that's, that's, I think the charm of it is that you can go down there and take a week and not even get that terribly far from where we are right now. You know, like you can adventure as far as you want, but you don't have to go terribly far to be away from you know, a typical, urban environment and just enjoy yourself in the quiet and not really be bothered and not bother anybody else.
1: joy has got tacos. Yeah,
0: we should we should jump on the tacos here <laughs> and then if we still have time to finish up, we'll finish up. Yep. But I don't want to Sounds t- good. have cold tacos. <laughs> yeah, so we've just had tacos and thank you very much, for <laughs> Joy for uh, bringing this in. Why don't you introduce yourself? We've uh, got a fourth here yeah. uh, on the Slow Baja <laughs> podcast. Joy's joined us.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm Joy. How did you guys introduce yourselves? <laughs> jo- no, I'm Joy you Lewis, I'm the wife us. slash friend. friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm Team the captain.
3: taco wrangler slash pit and parts girl. <laughs> is what it feels slash, like. Yeah, slash
2: also, Bruce.
0: very crew chief, crew chief, rider mm-hmm. as well. Half of this podcast has just been talking about you.
3: Oh, geez, <laughs> triumph cub racer extraordinaire. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, Baja, I had before even going down with these guys and doing the vintage stuff, I had been running chase with uh, a good friend of mine who did like the full-on Baja 1000 and he would Ironman that. So I would do the pre-run for his events. And, We're
1: important too, Joy.
3: Uh, yeah, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> but, but, like, <laughs> but that was like a little real Baja deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The proper Baja. <laughs> <ways. Right. laughs>
2: oh, man. This is so good Now we get to dig on Joy
3: but I think, you know, whether it's that and pre-running or whatever, or doing what we did, I feel like you always come back with some kind of crazy story. You know, like I, I won't forget my pre-running was like, okay, you head out, here's a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and I'll see you in three hours at this GPS coordinate with fuel and any spares or whatever. And, you know, inevitably find a place to pull off the road and dig the sprinter into up to the axle in the sand. <laughs> you know, I'm like, shit, I only wear a straw pair and a bathing suit. I hope <laughs> someone pulls me out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Mexico, that's everybody is, is. Just so great, and there's just such this sense of like camaraderie, and I love it. So yeah, you stand out on the side of the road with a, a cold beer, and someone inevitably pulls up with a winch strap and gets you out, and you know you don't skip a beat. So I don't know. I love I love Mexico. You know, you get stung by a stingray, and in the middle of a motor swap, and um, you don't skip a beat.
1: <laughs> and, and love happens.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know. i was- also
1: say that the best share I've ever had was on that beach on the Bay of La in like a tent that put a share up in a tent and it was just a hot shower and the windiest night, you know there was a gale force. I was sleeping under the truck and uh, I got the shower and I remember the, you know just been making the canvas flap in there and it just, <laughs> just scalding hot water. It was the greatest shower I've ever had in my life.
2: <laughs> and we saw you in the morning and it it's still good looked visual. like you had showered yeah, at all. Oh you guys God look like hell. hell.
3: They looked rough, and we we stayed in like a posh hotel down the road. And uh, yeah, we woke up the next morning, and they were picking sand out of their noses, and <laughs> it's brutal.
2: Sleeping under a truck in the windstorm on the beach like it's pre- it was pretty. After doing a motor swap in the sand, like you guys were, it was pretty. Uh, what's the word? Bleak might be the <laughs> the, the more that morning was a bleak, bleak one. A bleak
0: morning in Baha.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, While we were uh, on oh. the beach, like with this beautiful, I mean, we're on the. The beach in Baja is like, incredibly It ain't crucible. that bad. It's not that bad, but when you saw your faces, it's like, I don't think you guys slept. <laughs> That's
0: too bad. Uh, while we were having the tacos that Joy brought us, lovely tacos and quesadillas, um, Scott, you were talking about the 500 with uh, uh, my good friend, your my new friend, your stepdad, Dave, um, and about how easy it was, just the round trip, getting here, bikes in the back, what have you. Could you just recap that, you know, when you left? You, I don't know. You went over to the handlebar six times or something. Uh, yeah, lost your wallet. I lost, wallet, wallet. lost great. your tool strap or uh, tool roll, but both of those things were found. Yeah, we and, don't have uh, to talk about that part. But I'll give you a head
2: nup. No, the um, yeah, our trip to for the five hundred was really cool because the way they set up the course, we always and started and ended in Ensenada, so we didn't really have to caravan too far. We could have all of our stuff, you know, stationary overnight, and. Our main, you know, we left what Wednesday, did tech on Thursday and raced Friday, Saturday, and then we're home on Sunday. I mean, it's very,
1: yeah, we were down there and through the border. I mean, it took what 15 minutes to get through the through going and coming back. Yeah, it wasn't set up, it was
2: super easy. I mean, even getting down to Mexico when we, you know, they looked at the bikes kind of funny and we said we were with the race and they looked at the bikes funny and realized they just didn't want to deal with us and they're like, yeah, whatever, go. So we just, you know, we pushed on through and coming back it's great because you're dirty and you're a little tired and you know, the border the, the border crossing guys are like, Welcome home, high five, you know, it was it was pretty great. And so I mean people build it up as if it's like a big trek and at least where we are, I mean it's it's half a day's drive to be in Ensenada and you know, kind of at the gateway of, of all of northern Baja. So it, was, it was fun. I, Baja's great, I mean, for that. It's it's actually pretty simple. And I think, you know, speaking of for this year, our temporary crew chief, David, <laughs> he'd been talking My about Nora. Friend. Yeah, your new friend, David.
0: <laughs> Tequila in the wild with David.
1: Yeah. I don't think David said it was easy. I think he said it was easy if he did it. David would say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we made David. We made
2: David sit on the side been, of the road yeah. for like
1: five hours. For it would have been easy for him to do. it. Yeah. but
3: also my impression from that was where the the one thousand. You know, there's so much logistics that goes into point to point, that kind of point to point route. Where I remember us so many times saying. We're racing, like there were times we're on the road, you know, where the special section might be cutting across somewhere, but we had to do the roundabout long way. And I remember us just flying through Mexico where it got, you know, sketchy in places. Of course, inevitably, you hear someone hit a horse and their whole trailer went off the cliff, or I mean, it, it gets gnarly. But the point that in his experience where he just has to sit around and faff for four hours while you guys make your way through the silt beds, yeah,
2: he, yeah, he had a. <laughs> He's funny. Like, you know, David was really excited when you guys pulled up and, and had some tequilas with him because I think he'd probably been pretty lonely out there for a bit. You know, joy couldn't come with us on that one. And which was probably a sad day for, for David. But ultimately I think joy probably dodged four hours of conversation on the roadside with my, my stepdad, (laughs) but he's, he was a good sport. He's an off roader at heart for sure. And so when, when the opportunity came, when we knew Joy wasn't going to be able to come with us on this trip, like the next best person I knew that could handle logistics. And if we gave GPS coordinates and a rough timeline, like we knew he'd be there.
1: But he had the best time down there because he, he locked in with a like, you know, the race controller, so he could kind of track us around. Oh, of but course, because he knew yeah. all the radio
2: frequencies. He was already dialed. He was more prepared than we were three years ago. You know what I mean? Like he just, yeah. he was already ready. If He was just waiting for someone to ask him to go. <laughs> so he was he was, jamming. he was like, oh, me and the weatherman are buddies. Yeah, yeah. giving me
3: like, weatherman Of course updates. you are. You know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, oh, he's in my manx club. And I'm like, of course he is. So, yeah, that was, that was funny. So, I mean, you always, and ultimately, you know, you build you build good relationships with your with your crew and your team that way, and you always come back with something funny, whether it's a stingray or you know, feeding my stepdad street tacos and peanuts in the middle of the night, and then Sonata. like it was
1: and what that was, was great. What did he say? I just came- getting up in the, in the morning and running out of the, ba- the bathroom saying, "I'm running rich." <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> like gearhead, like gearhead uh, oh slang. I've never heard
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I, said, I said the same thing.
3: Yeah. He came home and told me, and I was like, okay, we got to make that, that.
2: That dude definitely <laughs> is like, he's like a, a dirt dog. Like that dude is just an off-roader. Like he has a whole other vocabulary we didn't know existed.
0: <laughs> well, Joy, tell us a few Baja tales before we uh, wrap this wonderful podcast up and...
3: Gosh, I don't I mean I I hate to repeat anything you guys you already covered, but no, Hayden and I had met just um we had literally started making out what two weeks or so a before Baja, before, yeah. a week and a half or so. And um and Hayden, you know, we did the, it sounds like you guys talked a little bit about that motor swap uh, in the, what was at the Bay of LA, right? Yeah. Um, but it was funny, Hayden had that stingray. I broke out my jet boil because I always want to make tea on the road, <laughs> regardless of where I am in the middle of the desert, I want a cup of tea. <laughs> and uh, so it came in handy, boiling water for Hayden's foot. Um, but then they, you know, slept overnight, like we said, under the truck in a windstorm. It was crazy. Woke up the next day and his teammates started the race. So after that first special section, you know, our guy came and went and we hung out for a little bit. And, <laughs> and, and Hayden's kind of frothing, you know, that's a guy
1: called like Nick Ashley. Um, <laughs> and we love Nick. And uh, Nick raced the Paris Dakar, um, back in the 80s. But Nick's a, an older gentleman now and he's got different priorities. In, in racing,
3: right? So, so you know, there waited it, and I'm sure you, Hayden, I know, was seeing red because he was like in race mode at that point, like, Where the hell is it? What's going on? Well, we ended up taking off and not waiting to see it. But by the time Nick pulled up, you know, he said something about, Well, I had to stop for a shit, and I met the nicest couple, and they made me coffee. And,
1: and <laughs> this I'm in the race oh. the the <laughs> course, they did it twice, two shits, he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and brought- two different couples, and he's like, and I met this guy when I was here twenty years ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that, that just yeah. to his testament, like you, you only have to meet Nick Ashley once, and he's one of your best friends, and someone that you will never ever forget. Yeah, you know, you have dinner with that man once, there, and you're there's like, plenty of
1: yeah. characters down there, you know.
3: But I, I just remember, you know, so we hear that, you know, Nate pulls up and says, "Well, it doesn't matter, anyways." I broke, I broke the clutch, and Hayden's like, "I don't fucking care," <laughs> and trying to shove his, you know, stingray swollen foot into his boot, pulls the liner out, throws his big old motocross boot on, and and hits the road. And what, was that a hundred and. Sixty mile special section, it and it similar. was through like a river wash. So yeah, he just ultimately ended up frying the stator about twenty miles out from the end of the day, I'd say. At that point, though, the trophy, trophy trucks had caught up, and you know, I'm in. What, where were we that night? I don't even remember what town I we were tell in. You that Our guy had come in. The other San guys Seedra. had come in. Okay. And, uh, so I'm tracking him, you know, trying to keep track where he is, checking him with the weatherman and, you know, everyone's saying, oh yeah, he broke down. Drivers are saying he came in and waved him on. And so, uh, you know, I go into the Nora folks and I'm like, he's stuck. We need to pull his, you know, what's his GPS. We need to get someone out there, chase to pick him up. Well, you know, by that point, the sweep crew was at the bar and they're like, "Ah, oh, they didn't tell us there were any bikes out there. Sorry, everyone's half in the bag and we're done for the night. And now you can't go backwards up the course because trucks are coming in. So he's going to have to say, I was like, <laughs> are you kidding? You know, what? What? And, you know, I'm in the office. I'm trying to like keep track of everybody. <laughs> and they're like, just don't worry about it. I'll be you honest,
1: know? on my end, it was far less stressful.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, ours, because we're like, Fuck, And his teammates. Like, well, that we're out of the race then. Like, whatever, you know, happened. I don't know. So... I talking to him and the guy I'll never forget says, don't even worry. He's probably shacked up with some Juanita. Nine months from now, little Jose is going to be running around. I was like, are you fucking
2: kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, we'll set the scene here. So Hayden sleeping in the dirt, perfectly fine yeah. with doing so. Joy's freaking out that he's going to get run over by a trophy truck. The Nora people don't care. His race yeah. team is super bummed because now they're not in the race anymore. Yeah, You know, and the and, state and of affairs, like it's so Mexico Yeah, and, and,
3: in the whole primary and everything for our race. Right. And we, <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was just, I was just changing oil and air filters, like kind of oblivious, like joy would show up and I'd see her like pacing in the parking lot on a phone and then disappear and then come back. And we're like, man, sounds stressful.
1: That, I'll tell you, I, that was one of the most comfortable night sleeps I've ever had. Well,
3: so, so then what's funny <laughs> is I, so as I'm in there, I end up talking to some local guys kind of picking up what's going on. He's, he's helping with the race, but he comes over and he's, you know, saying, where, where about is he? And so I show him on, you know, the satellite where he is. And he says, I, I know someone, I think I, a cop in the village, you know, two hours away from there. I'll see if I can't get him to get there. So sure enough, we know by the time we hear from Hayden again a day and a half later, he says, yeah, I was woke up by some cop with a Gatorade and like an expired <laughs> cliff Bar and, uh- at that point someone in the middle of the night had come put a blanket over him mm-hmm. and, and then so he said uh, you know help's on the way basically they're coming for you and his uh, teammate had to double back and drive all the way around to come pick him up so it was 22 hours I think
1: You're something like that, yeah. and by
3: the time they found Hayden he was like, in the put on white yeah <laughs> 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 yeah he was like in that you know the little town someone's house they brought him in and everyone from the town brought him empanadas and tacos he said he was shoving them in his backpack just <laughs> so it didn't look rude and and, and then by the time they found him, he was drinking like a box milk in the school, teaching kids about England.
2: That's <laughs> amazing. I mean, moral of the story: Joy cares a lot more than everybody else.
1: Yeah. And second, that's I
2: mean, they take like you, a look at things. Experience. You know what I mean?
1: Like that's that was way more fun than finishing that um, that stage.
2: No, absolutely. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, if you were to you know step back, step back a generation or two, I mean, on, in earnest, like that's how people stay in Baja. mm Hmm. And that's how that's how expats happen. You're like actually this way of life rules. I'm just going <laughs> to stay here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're we're lucky to have Hayden back, but there was a moment where I'm sure he thought this is pretty chill. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I could did take it. dirt naps did all the You get the
3: stuck time. at the border too so it was like everything was trying to keep in Mexico. I got, Mexico. Board, got detained yeah, yeah. at the border and you know, all the good things.
2: <laughs> yeah, the year with the thousand was a
1: little no, more I mean that was completely my fault. I <laughs> uh, didn't have a green card yet, did you? I, well, like I had a green card, okay. but I just didn't take it.
3: wasn't it like an ex-wife tried to rescind sponsorship and so you know got all stuck and you know happens
1: real life yeah but (laughs) still worth the trip yeah absolutely
3: absolutely.
0: and i think that's the important thing is to be here looking back fondly on what many people would say wow that's the worst case scenario i had to sleep out in the dirt and and i remember looking at the first uh, rule um, published rules for the the uh, Nora One Thousand that didn't happen. I think it was two thousand eight or nine. They tried to get it off the ground. and It didn't occur, and you had to have a sleeping bag in your vehicle. And I thought, oh, this is for me. What yeah, that wow. separates this people, for
2: right? Me. I mean, like, that's oh, okay. You're, I mean, if you're, you want to draw like a, a line in the sand, you know, to pardon the pun, but that's ultimately like how you separate two types of people. There's people that are totally okay with being like, oh. Well, it didn't go as planned. I guess I'll just crash here and then I'll figure it out tomorrow. And then there's people that that idea sounds like a nightmare and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's – there's two types of people in the world if you're going to divide it that but, way. But, I
1: mean, there's both ways to do it as well. And, I mean, I, for my thing, the way I got down there, Joy tells me that when she got down to the end, like, she's I the best hotel I've ever stopped in. I'm sitting in this. <laughs>
2: that is true. That, that, that hotel
1: was <laughs> legit. <laughs> But that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you could go. I
2: mean, that's. I mean, maybe that's another gem of Baja. You could spend one night sleeping in the dirt in a windstorm, and then one night later, it's you know a hundred dollars a night for a five star resort yeah. on the beach oh, the with real. beach with tacos being served to you while you're swimming in a pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's was, not to like? You know yeah. I mean? that so, was yeah. for everyone. That was pretty right. great. I mean, that actually, yeah. Now that you bring up that, I mean, that rules too. I mean, there's only. That's one I, I love that about about that trip. That was a great little send off. And to speak of Nick Ashley one more time, I hope he listens to this. <laughs> he takes a deep dive on the podcast. <laughs> but Nick had finished that, and one of my favorite photos from that whole week is Nick Ashley pouring a Bud Light over his head in a can. Like he opened it and he crushed the can while holding it over his head, and. He's just like, he's always put together. He's always got good hair. He's dressed well. And this is just dirty motocross, Baja, Nick Ashley, covered in Bud Light of all things. (laughs) And then when we, we went from the finish line to the hotel where we checked in, and then I think eight minutes later, I found him passed out on a marble floor in his gear. Like, he hadn't even taken <laughs> off his boots, <laughs> his I don't think. Like, That's right. Just, I was
3: pulling his boots off. Yeah, we're, like, trying to make it. him more comfortable
2: <laughs> while he's asleep on a marble floor. Like, it was crazy. Scott,
1: you had to take a top two sheets. Yeah. <laughs> Before he, before
0: he laid down. That's the next Hello Engine t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: Nick Ashley. Nick Two Shits Ashley.
0: <laughs> this is the special Nick Ashley Two Shits shirt. Oh God, that's your- modeled by Joy in the field. That could be a special sponsorship <sighs> award. <sighs> let's uh, go around the table here and uh, just um, say where folks can follow you and whatnot. And we'll wrap this up. And I really want to say thanks a lot for the hospitality and making some time on this uh rainy day when everybody's so socially distant, and here we are all... <laughs> the three cuddled,
1: of us on a couch? Cuddled <laughs> yeah. up in a couch <laughs> with
0: a dog under my jacket, with this wonderful dog here. He so, warmed
3: up to you pretty quick. Oh, yeah. super nice. It's because he can't see you. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I have a blind dog, too. He yeah. just likes to way I smell. Oh, I smell like tacos. Yeah. Joy, go ahead. Start us off.
3: Um, yeah. I mean, my... Um, Joy, like I said, <laughs> I guess you can following a mouthful of joy, not my porn name, but the name of my future bakery. Wow. My mouthful of joy, my future bakery. Okay. Um, or, you know, as I'm, as I'm tagging along with these two on, on adventures.
1: Yeah. Joy is always making stuff happen and actually making sure we need to be where we're supposed to be when we're, we're supposed to be there. Uh, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get through a lot of that shit uh, on my own. <laughs> Need someone to keep on track. But, uh, yeah, I'm Hayden. Um, I guess Hello Engine is my Instagram, and I'm just a, a motorcycle mechanic up in Santa Paula.
2: And I'm Scott, and I'm a fan of Hayden's and Joy's, and they're a couple of my best friends. And Hayden's bashful because he builds some really incredible motors. And Hayden's a lot better of a rider than I am, and so I think I test his motors better than he does because I – I try and ride them upside down more often <laughs> um, <laughs> for another day. And, uh, anyways, yeah, my, my Instagram is SG Topher. You might be able to spell it. You might not. It's, it's totally cool.
3: I, you know, it took me the longest time. I was like, was Sergeant Topher. I yeah, was I screwed up. I was <laughs> If you type in yeah. SGT
2: into Instagram, yeah. there might be, it
0: might pop up and it might not, you know, it's fine.
3: And Scott's part of the reason Hayden and I even together. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And Scott's a uh, professional photographer and a damn good one. Um, Except
2: I don't take so. pictures when I race because I never come home with anything good. Like yeah, I have well, a picture of tech
0: inspection and then I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> like, Driving a Land Cruiser, it's hard to make good photographs
1: as well. You know, it's maximum. Well, you're not there for the photographs, really, are you? No. no, and I
0: think that you know that's
2: a funny distinction. You know, because you know, working in the motorcycle industry, it's like you go down to do these races and people expect you to be shooting or something, but. It's like nah, I'm here to I'm here to try and finish. You know, I'm just trying here to. Yeah, if you had time to stop
1: and take a bunch of photographs, you didn't do Did the trip right.
0: Yeah, man, I'm racing. I got to try and catch you. <laughs> well, the funny thing, I, I talk to my Mexico adventure buddy Ted about all the time. We used to go to, to Baja in the '80s when we were college kids. And I said, remember when we used to just go to Baja and we would do stuff and not have to post about it or talk <laughs> to anybody about yeah. it? <laughs> I'd shoot film and then develop it months later. You know, it's just we just did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something good about
3: just going and doing it. And we saw it months and months later when we were there years ago. The the
2: video stuff? Oh, I mean we did that. Yeah, Yeah, we I mean I have it. It's sitting there. No one ever you know in a shoebox. Yeah. Yep. I got I have I have a lot of photos from that trip that no one ever really saw the light of day because X, Y, or Z. But Mm. I mean hopefully you know that one time i got to peek into bruce brown's like film collection and i mean that man had stacks and stacks of of film reels like in a cupboard you know not organized barely labeled and i was like i want to be like you know there's certain aspects of bruce's life that i'm like yeah i would that's me that's that's <laughs> that's a life goal and there's other parts of it where i was like eh, but <laughs> you know we all have our
0: <laughs> our parallels and one more lap around the uh, coffee table here. What what does Baja mean to you, Joy?
3: Oh gosh, to put them first. Let me think on it. <laughs> no, I, I you know I think we always say Baja was is probably a lot like California was 50 years ago, and I think there's something really charming about that. Um, so yeah, I, I I love it down there. There's just a sense of. You know, vastness and comfort. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I've never felt scared down there. I've always felt, you know, well fed and well rested and kind of in awe of, of, you know, stars are brighter and uh, tacos are better. <laughs>
0: the stars are brighter and the tacos are better. T <laughs> shirt advertising? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wow. I'm a copywriter over here yeah, your- the tacos oh, I like just that. don't have anything to say I mean, just pull this note <laughs> <laughs> You know
2: A wise woman I knew said once, The stars are brighter and the tacos are better Bah
3: Your turn
0: I always wanted to know the answer to this Where does the phrase mad dogs and Englishmen come from? What's the genesis of that? Do you know?
1: Only mad dogs and Englishmen stay out in the midday sun.
0: Only mad dogs and Englishmen stay out in the midday sun. Uh, yeah. And I think, that,
1: that? I think that's probably true. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that, is that, that's probably from that like early days, of like uh, Empire Building, where, you know, the locals obviously wouldn't be seen out in the Sahara in the middle of the day, but the, we'd be marching across in desert boots and silly hats. <laughs> mad dogs <laughs> and, the and silly hats. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. But uh, Baja to me, I I always have the best time down there. Like and I've like telling the story some of the stories now and I've, been, I've only been there a couple of times. Um but it's all you talk about. Whenever you talk about like that an event you've been on, it's Baja. You know, straight straight to it. Um Yeah, it's it it's still so um it seems so like untamed down there still. It it's still yeah, it's, it, you grow up watching um like Sergio Leone films, and that's it. Still looks like that, you know. Damn, I love it. Uh,
2: for me, I, like Baja, I think is is as easy as you let it be. You know, you can you can go down, you can plan every minute of your day during the week or for a vacation or whatever you want to do. And Baja is just one of those places where you can kind of freeform it a little bit, and there's always. There's always a way to make something work and you don't always have to have a perfect plan. So I think it it just represents a like a more looser way of life and it's a little more freeform. And if you know, if you're one of these people that you think of the phrase like go with the flow, like Baja is that place. You know? It can be as adventurous or mellow or crazy as you want it to be you know and I think that's what we're talking about with like the racing like it can be intense you can be super intense and you can while.
1: buy a ceramic cock at the border right. <laughs> on your <the laughs> way back in <laughs> That's
0: so true. Just be a monkey on a surfboard back in the day, but yes, you can. Speaking of, yeah, David loved that large-breasted mug. Yeah, just need the
1: large. Yeah, or you can buy cold churros.
0: Like
2: from the super aggressive. Don't get the churros. Don't
1: find interest though, because you you are coming home with a cock.
2: (laughs) Don't look. Don't even side eye the ceramic penis in the corner, because it'll show up in the window
0: at the border. Wow, Scott, I think you're onto something profound there when Hayden dropped that bomb.
2: It's so good. No, it's probably better because I'll wax poetic in like a foolish way. So it's 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 better that way.
0: All right. Well, for the Slow Baja podcast. But well, what about for you? From Santa Paula. Well, you know, I think so. I was just thinking about what Scott was saying about being so wound up. There's a trip that I took with my girlfriend, now wife of almost 25 years, 1993, we're on my nearly new BMW Perry Dakar. And I'd been in Baja with my buddies for a week where I was riding around on that. And uh, there's a crummy old um, VW Beetle from the 60s and a uh, uh, International Scout and a Volkswagen camper. So it was kind of a motley group of four of us rolling around together. And then I rode up to San Diego, picked up my girlfriend at the airport and I told her, you can only bring that little tiny book bag with you. That's (laughs) all. You need a pair of boots and a swimsuit and I don't know what else you can put in there, but that's (laughs) what you need. And a jacket. So, um, picked her up, rode down across the border and we're on the toll road, heading down to, uh, Ensenada and it's a holiday weekend and there's a lot of traffic and we're just the last, um, the last toll booth before Ensenada, north of Ensenada, and an old guy in a car leans over and says, Have I passed Long Beach
3: yet? Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> and I'm like, pull over. Pull over. Oh, we have a Long
0: story short, hand. a guy with Alzheimer's had just gotten in a car and started driving and and, you know, oh driven all the way gosh. somehow across the border and all that. So we had all these plans. We were gonna get to here, and then we we're gonna get to there, and then we we're gonna get to there, and we're on my motorcycle, two up and we're camping, and we've got this and that. And it's like first day it's like okay let's get to this hotel right here i'm on a you know pay phone in those days with calling cards yeah. calling the highway patrol in california to, saying we've got this 80 year old <laughs> fellow here who home. obviously yeah. has some cognitive issues and, and gas mileage yeah uh, and then you know, <laughs> gas mileage yeah too bad he didn't stop to use the restroom along the way which was uh kind of smelly but you know there we were and it's like well, now the highway patrol's coming in four hours and we better get a hotel room here, Mm -hmm. which was half of our week-long budget (laughs) to get that one hotel room. Um. And then the next day, you know, we're driving and riding again and we got him off for the highway patrol. We were feeling pretty good about our, uh, you know, our life. And we um, rode up to the Melling Ranch, which in those days, you know, internet, you know, it didn't exist. We're reading guidebooks and we had read that if you rode to this working cattle ranch, uh, I don't know, 50 miles up a dirt road, they had a guest house and you could spend the night. Well, we rode fifty miles up this wash and dropped the bike six times in soft sandy stuff, which was new in our relationship that she was riding on the <laughs> back of my motorcycle and we were falling over a lot, we did a river crossing, all this stuff, and then we got up there and they said a hundred dollars. Oh. What are you gonna do? You're gonna turn around and ride back? It's like, <laughs> So the rest of the trip was just camping. Oh we just camped on the beach, ate mangoes, drank coronas eight tacos and you know we we blew our entire week's budget in two lot two unexpected lodging experiences but you know that that um moment of out of control didn't know what was going to be around the next corner dropping a motorcycle getting stuck in a river digging it out all that stuff you know i don't know if that helped prepare us for like Three kids and you know careers yeah. and all this other stuff, but the draw of Baja for me has always been sort of what is around that next corner, or what mm-hmm. happens, and you know you can sleep on the beach here and maybe somebody will come and collect you know twenty bucks from me. maybe they mm-hmm. won't, mm-hmm. maybe you're just sleeping on the beach and nobody cares, and the whole um, boondocking and I've done it from the old BMW Perry car to a Volkswagen camper to a uh, uh, an old Land Cruiser FJ40 to you know it's just a place where you can go and. Be whatever you want to be, and nobody really cares. Yeah. Especially if you're not a jerk. Yeah. So to yeah. tie
2: this in, you either this woman never spoke to you again <laughs> or you married her. Yeah. Well, that was the next trip,
0: actually. We went back to the Volkswagen <laughs> Westphalia that had we'd gone up to Guadalupe Canyon and I jiggled some sort of EGR valve or something loose, so I was having terrible throttle control issues. So and it was also another uh, it was Holy Week, so Easter week, and so i 'm driving in bumper to bumper traffic with very little throttle control so it's it 's <laughs> throttle racing, hit the brakes, put the clutch in you know, and just it was it was just gnarly and got back into Ensenada and basically, I saw a guy who had a uh, volkswagen powered sandrail, and it looked like he kind of had a little shop, and I told him what the problem was. And he said, yeah, I can fix it. It was 8 o'clock at night. He said, I can fix it, but I don't have the parts. I'm not going to have the parts until Monday. And this was whatever, you know, Thursday or Friday or something. So I'm like, fuck it. Have my van. I'm taking a taxi for going to the hotel. Hotel freaked out. You know, I had the guy's card, but the hotel freaked out. Like, you left your van at this guy's. (laughs) You know, whatever. And came back on Monday. He had the part, had it fixed. Thing drove beautifully. But got back to san francisco and it was clear out your drawer pal i've had enough of you wow. <laughs> so yeah. so oh so <laughs> we sorted it out after that but that was a, that was the straw that broke the cable
3: back.
0: <laughs> wow. that was uh, that was it
3: so and
2: you find your tribe this way yeah these are yeah these are the, the trial by fire sort of things that you know that that define relationships and the people you spend your time with and it's mm-hmm. always fun to See where life takes you when you do those those leaps, you know. You know yeah. when you
1: hit that like in and out just north of the border when you come back like if the gang's still together, you know, it was a good trip. Right, yeah. yeah. If you don't
2: leave, yeah, <laughs> if you can all sit and hang out and have a burger in, yeah. on the US side of the border afterward, yeah, you 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 finished well.
0: Well, there is something about that where you come back and it's all of a sudden snap your fingers, one side is this, the other side's all more civilized and the roads mm-hmm. are better and all that and you go to that first fast food restaurant and you you have a modern bathroom where you can put the paper in the toilet or whatever you need <laughs> to do and the the food that's going to not make you sick probably. Um and there you know for many years, especially as a college kid, there's just this exhale of like whew, made it another Baja trip only with scratches. Yeah. You know? But now it, it really does draw me and and f- Flipping Tijuana. I had a great day there a couple of weeks ago, where it just the food's great and the people are great. And mm-hmm. walked into a brew pub, and there's the owner, and we're talking beer for an hour. And it's just, yeah. it's like well, it wasn't like mm-hmm. that when I was a drunk college kid. Yeah. But now Tijuana's really grown up, and it's very interesting. The food is really terrific.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so
0: I, there's I, a lot I, to see there.
2: Yeah, I think I think people blow past Tijuana, and they you know, in in doing so, I think miss miss an opportunity for an interesting cross cultural experience. But that's I mean, a lot be, there's a lot, there's, there's yeah. a lot of Baja to see and there's a lot of, you know, without getting too deep in this, there's these conversations about like people being scared or being taught to be scared and stuff like that. It's like, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about this a little earlier, but you know, you be respectful and be aware of your surroundings. Like you're, you can have a good time anywhere. I'm sure. Bucharest is awesome. is awesome too. You know <laughs> I mean? I've never been there. You just go, you just go. I think people need to just sometimes take a little bit of a plunge and learn something about themselves. That's maybe a different discussion. Well, I think on well. that profound
0: note.
1: Yeah. See, so he got in the end. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a second. We're going to have joy for I'll 30 more seconds to, to close <laughs> yeah. out Slow
0: Baja podcast from Santa Paula. So thanks again, everybody. Yeah, Take us Thank out, you. Joy, with a big smile.
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank you for coming. And I can't wait for, for all of us to get down there and do a trip together. I think that's the next phase of this.
0: That was a good lead-in. We'll leave it there.
3: <laughs>
0: hey, you guys know what to do. Uh, please help us by subscribing, sharing, rating, all that stuff. And if you missed anything, you can find the links in the show notes at SlowBaja.com. I'll be back before you know it. And if you want to receive notices on new episodes, please follow Slow Baja on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for you old folks.